Electric Soil Podcast. Imagination is the electric soil of creation. Alrighty, welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, my special guest is David Wood. He is number one on Google for life coaching, and he is releasing a book this upcoming June 13th called A Mouse in the Room. My special guest today, David Wood. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. So the book here, June 13th, uh, what was the process like for this? And give us a little bit of background on what the book is itself, please. Yeah, sure. It's called Mouse in the Room because the elephant is not alone. And the way it came up is I've been studying authentic relating here in, in Boulder, Colorado, and become a big fan of it. And I started to realize how corrupt our communication is without us even being aware of it. And someone in one of the courses I was doing was saying, you've just got to name the thing. There's something in the room, there's something going on and you've got to name it. Sometimes you don't even have to do anything else. You just got to name it and then you guys can be connected and move on. And I started thinking that would change the world. It's changed my world when I've been able to identify the elephant in the room and address it. But many creatures in the room are much more subtle. We call them mice. It might be you might feel disappointed by something someone said and you haven't said anything. That's a mouse. You might feel like you're annoyed that someone's throwing their cigarette butt on the ground or, um, you know, you're five minutes late to a meeting and you haven't said anything and you're wondering, are people annoyed that I'm late? Is this a thing? Should I say something? Should I not? That's a mouse. And so... A lot of my life, my upbringing was having no idea what was happening in my body, what's happening in my emotions, not even sometimes what I'm thinking. It's like asking a fish, how's the water today? The fish goes, what water? Well, it's the same way they're thinking. And so I started writing this book to enroll people in the concept of let's find out what's actually happening in you and a way that you can artfully name that mouse. And if you do, you will find that much more connection is available to you, more confidence is available to you because you can actually be yourself in the world and you're going to build trust. So if you're interested at all in leadership, managing a team, uh, it's going to help you be a leader that people want to follow. And if you're into sales at all, it directly translates to that because if people don't trust you, they're not going to buy from you. So it's basically a doorway to really good things in life. And that's why I'm writing the book. Mm. It's fantastic. That's great stuff. So, and the book itself, is it a fairly, as far as like, is it fairly dense with information? Is it very user-friendly? How would you describe the book as far as a read? As far as if I it's were to It's a very it easy read. I get annoyed by books that use lots of syllables. Now, I can use a lot of syllables. I'm a well-educated man, but it pisses me off. And so I, I, kept, on, I kept on saying, no, we've got to take that out. We've got to take that. We ended up agreeing we'd have an advanced chapter at the end for ah. people who are mouse-naming ninjas and they really want some advanced stuff. We put all that in the, at the end. But it's a very easy read. We help you identify eight different types of mice. So you'd be like, hey, I got a confession mouse on my hands mm. or I got a desire mouse or I think I got an appreciation mouse here because not all mice are negative and uh, very simple, easy, practical read that will 
ideally have you mouse naming before you put the book down. You were like, oh, I got to talk to my kid about this. I got to talk to my boss about this. I got to call up someone from high school 20 years ago and name a mouse with this. Like, that's what I want to see in the world. It'll change your life. So this is all about, like, to your point, you're saying is, is some, is, is, if you can name something, you can then either deal with it or choose. It's when, it, when it's just sort of subtly in the background going, you know, you haven't quite put your finger on it. That's when it becomes very insidious and can kind of get more claws into you and control you in such a way where, to your point, yes, in a lot of business rooms or in relationships, you're addressing the elephant in the room, quote, unquote. But meanwhile, yeah. these mice are in the background you know, controlling things more than we probably care to know. And now as soon as we've identified it, you've named it, you can change the behaviors. That's sort of a, the, the yeah, idea. Because these, these critters tend to breed. So oh, if it. you yeah. don't, if you don't name it, <clears throat> say someone's, maybe someone cut you off in the meeting last week and you're, uh, and you just felt like you didn't really get a chance to speak and you didn't feel appreciated those are some mice. And if you don't name them, then they can tend to breed and get bigger and then they become huge. Um, something my co-author said recently really stuck with me. She said, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you can choose the discomfort of wearing a mask mm. or the discomfort of telling your truth. Mm. One of these has much greater upside than the other. Right. It's a profound quote. Yeah. So yeah, mouse naming, and that's, yeah, that's great, great uh, behavior to get into. Um, and I, I really like this idea. So when you're getting into the book too, and we've we were kind of talking in the pre-interview about uh, some of your pillars that you go through with your, you're talking like uh, anybody that's maybe starting a business or in a business, in existing business and looking to optimize their own performance in their own relationships. And we talked a little bit about mindset and money and leverage those are your three buckets your three pillars if you will let's uh let's get into a little bit of that if we can so when you're talking mindset what is the mindset look to you what is an important uh you know you know core values or core beliefs or yeah. the, your approach to mindset and and how it could lead yeah to well let, let, let me give a little context um i'm a bit of an unusual coach in that i don't just choose business or life mm. and it's ironic because i coach people on picking a lane and sticking to it. But uh, what I, because of my upbringing, I, I, I had a tragedy when I was seven years old and apparently what happened is I shut down all my emotions. Mm. And I was raised in an Australian country town. People never said, David, what are you feeling right now? David, what's happening in your body right now? That wasn't a thing. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. We can sometimes grow up uh, quite intellectual. Now the silver lining is I got really good at numbers and business and, and systems and money. So I came top of my school. I got paid to go to college. Wow. Uh, I didn't have a perfect GPA, but it was, it was up there. And then I got a job transfer to New York and I'm consulting on Park Avenue at the age of 24 to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. But what I was missing was the emotional. I, was, I didn't know what emotional intelligence was, mm -hmm. true vulnerability, true authenticity, what's happening in the body, what are, what are the emotions. And so the second half of my life has been catching up and sitting with gurus and teachers and doing stuff that will make your hair curl. So now 
you know, I just want listeners to understand, I look at the whole picture. Mm. So my, my eight week program, which is called the Samurai program, um, we look at the practicals like making more money, but we also look at things like you just brought up like mindset. So this first bucket, poor thinking is going to hobble you. It's just going to slow you down and you may not even know it's happening. So one of the first things we do, because I also look at productivity, is we get really clear about where you're heading. Not all of us are totally clear on like 12 months, this is what success looks like. Three months, this is what success looks like. Mm. So we start with some of the practicals, like what would light you up and have you want to call all of your friends? So that's where I usually start with everybody. And then what is your operating system? There is a mindset of being unstoppable. There's a mindset of practicing courage. And if you do it, you'll probably feel better. And maybe not in the moment, you do something scary, but then later on you can feel really good. And so I ask all of my clients every week, they get asked this one question, if you were fearless, what would you do? Mm. I'm not asking you to be fearless. But if you were fearless, what would you do? This is a, a, a question that can help you access your inner wisdom and those parts of your brain that might be hiding from you because they don't want to bring up to the front the scary things because you might do them. So you need to ask yourself the question or get a coach that will ask you the question, what is it, what's your edge look like? You don't even have to go and do those things. I just want mm -hmm. you to know where your edge is. And it come, it's, you can use the mouse naming too. You can, you can write down, if I was fearless, what would I say to my partner? What would I say to my kids? What would I say to my boss, to my coworkers, to my friends, to myself? So that, that's a little bit of, of uh, and, and mouse naming takes courage. I have called up a bully from, from like high school after 20 years of no contact and named a mouse with wow. that bully. I have called a, a, a girl who, who dumped me twice in high school and I've always resented her and, and hated her for that. I decided to let it go and I called her up to let her know. Profound conversations. Wow. Profound with both of them. Um, I called someone, I, I, I did something to someone when I, was, uh, when I was a kid that was illegal and I felt bad about it for years and I finally decided to track the person down and confess and say, hey, that was me. I'm really sorry. Is there a way I can make it up to you, make it right? I could have been prosecuted uh, for that. That was very scary. Now, I don't want to freak people out with, I'm just naming some of my scariest mice the book will help guide you into your own courage and you might, there might be small ones that you name left, right and center, or there might be bigger ones. We call them rodents of unusual size for any princess bride fans. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit about, about the, the mindset and productivity part of the, of the seminar program that I do. So I'm, you, I've noticed you said a few times uh, what's happening in your body, recognizing what's happening in your body, which is a very interesting concept. Like it gets into, you know, staying present. I, I would I would think what are some of the practices that you're doing right now 
to figure out, like you said, the second half of your life has very much been what's happening in my body. What does that look like to you? What does that mean to you? Because I've, I've heard you say it a couple of times. It's interesting. Yeah. I asked a teacher once, I said, what are you talking about? Because he was saying, be in your body today. I'm like, what the fuck are you, what? Yeah. And people laughed. People laughed in the class and he said, no, that's a fair question. And people were trying to give me a clue. And someone said, you could start by wiggling your toes. And I was like, okay, it's not a complete answer, but it's a beginning. I can do that. I can wiggle my toes. Here's a really wonderful, simple exercise. Every time someone asks you, how are you? Don't give an automatic response. Mm. Don't yeah. do it. Or you can do it and then catch yourself and say, wait a minute, that was an automatic response. Give me a second to just check in and just close your eyes and see what you're aware of mm. in your body. I can feel like an, oh, it's a wonderful energy actually kind of, kind of through my, my chest. I feel like a vibration as if I'm plugged into some electric current and it feels good in my body. And I notice some tension across my shoulders. It's a bit crunchy. A uh, little bit of tiredness in my head. I didn't sleep that well. And I feel here and there's a smile wants to come out on, on my face. That's an example. Now, I didn't go from wiggling toes to that. But you can go to, well, is there any pain in my body? Is there any mm -hmm. tension anywhere? That's a beginning. Is there any part of my body that feels good right now? And it's a practice. They, you know, anytime you hear of an embodiment practice, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about what's going to draw energy away from the thinking mind. Mm, yep. It draw and it because it, it the mind wants to take over. Eckhart Tolle says we're all possessed by the mind, and the reason we don't know it is because when you look around, everybody else is too. Mm. you've got no you got no comparison so he offers something like a walking meditation you can go walking for 10 minutes and just feel your footsteps feel the weight transfer from your heel to the toe byron katie has a practice of um you take a walk and you just name things not complex names mm. like beautiful tall maple tree no mm. tree Okay. Rock. Mm. Sky. And I said, well, that's still thinking, Katie. And she said, yeah, but it stabilizes it mm. and it slows it down. And you might, you might walk and say, I'm just going to notice how my body feels for 10 minutes. That's, that's not easy because the mind will step in. Of course. And it'll want to take over again. Yeah. So, and look. You know, I don't expect my clients to jump into all of this overnight. These are some things depending on what people are ready for. Um, I've just worked with a client this morning who's dealing with a lot of anxiety. And the mind is constantly telling her, you need to be doing more. Even when she's working on something important, the mind's coming in saying, so you need to be doing more. So we worked on a practice for her to accept that part of herself. Because the quicker you can accept that, the more it can soften and relax and some of the more practical things we can bring in. But if I just start with, all right, try this, 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 and this to settle down, 
there's constantly it shouldn't be this way, it shouldn't mm. be this way, which brings us back to mindset. So you can't separate them. You can't separate business from life and you can't separate mindset from anything you want to achieve. That's interesting. I love it. I like it. I, I'm curious about part in part of your bio. It mentions you had a, a very serious accident, like a paraglider accident. Did that was that anything to do with the origin of you figuring out a little bit or getting a little bit more in tune with your body? What did what did that particular accident and injury have as far as impact on you and your approach to your body and your mind's relationship? Wow, I love that you are checking for a connection there. Hadn't thought about that. Um, maybe about eight, nine years ago, I had a parkour accident. I, I tend to jump in in life and I tend to, if I'm afraid of something, I will probably go and do it. It's called counterphobic. And that's how I learned a lot about courage and also about going too far, like finding the sweet spot. That's why I talk about edge. Edge is a wonderful word. You want to find your edge. Don't go way past your edge but find that edge and ride it. And so I, I had this, you know, I fell six feet onto uh, almost transparent concrete uh, under my butt and had a slight fracture of my spine, went to hospital in an ambulance. And then with paragliding and hang gliding, I've, I've had a few accidents in my life, nothing serious, but I, I've also had a full collapse at 300 feet and plummeted towards the earth. And if that happens, your chances of living are not very good because it's hard to reinflate in the time that you have <laughs> between 300 feet and zero. Right. I walked away from that one. And then when I got to Columbia, I, I kept flying, which was kind of extraordinary that I was willing to get back on the horse and, and keep doing it. But in Columbia, I had a much more mild accent. I was just 10 or 15 feet above the ground and the wing partially collapsed and I fell again onto my butt. Mm. Now there was terror as I was falling and then there was screaming as I was in agony and then I wiggled my toes. Wow. Now, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like back to that practice that she said, but I wiggled my toes because I wanted to know if I was paralyzed and my toes moved and I was like, I know what this is. I've been here before. Hmm. I've fallen under my butt before. I can move my toes. I may have a slight compression fracture of my spine. I've got contusions, bruising and bleeding inside, and I'm going to be okay. And that mindset wow. is what allowed me to enjoy the whole – I didn't enjoy the first 30 seconds of screaming – but once I said, in fact, I've got it on video because I had my GoPro on and I, you can hear me saying, it's okay. It's okay. Wow. I know what this is. Wow. And everyone else is freaked out and they're all yelling at me in Spanish and um, they rolled me on a stretcher and then they put me in a, under a shed and left me there for an hour while they went about their, their business while I was waiting for the ambulance. And and even that, a lot of that was quite enjoyable and people are very lovely to me and they're all treating me well and, and everything. Wow. So one thing I learned from that experience is it's not what happens to you. 
that gives you your experience of suffering or joy. It's what you're believing. It's your mindset. It's what you're believing about. It's not losing a leg that, that creates a suffering. It's not even losing my sister when I was seven years old. It's what I'm believing about it. So anyone who goes, oh, mindset's like a soft skill and it doesn't really matter. I just need to keep working on making more money or whatever. Oh, my God, no. No, the mindset is what's going to make everything smoother. It's what's going to bring people to you. And I say identifying your mice and naming them is going to help with that. It'll speed it up instead of just hiding your mice. Mm. That slows it down. Thanks for that question. I also realized that I want to live. And I wasn't that attached to it before then, but I had to really decide because it's not a matter... I used to be an actuary, so I do risk assessment. And I realize it's not a matter of if, but when. If mm. I keep flying, there will be another accident. And it's just like, when's it going to happen and how bad's it going to be? And so I went and watched accident videos to, wow. con- to confront mm. what could happen. And I said, David, if you still want to fly after watching that, then you'll go and become one of the best pilots in the world. Wow. And you'll fly as safely as possible. Um, or you'll give up and you'll let it go. I decided to let it go. I said, I, I want to live. I touched the sky. I got away with it. And I want to respect this body. And I also sold my motorcycle because there are, it's the same thing. If I can't justify paragliding, I can't justify the motorcycle because I looked up the stats. Stats are worse. Oh, wow. Worse for a motorcycle than a, yeah, come on. You're, you're, fly, you're, 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 fl- you're flying along the road. Sure on something that's unstable it's only got two wheels right so yeah the the two main things that a bike doesn't have that a car has is is stability and protection so it's just it's just basically again in my world it's not if but when so it's a weird thing i'm helping people to step into their courage and at the same time i have an eye on self-care Don't go past your edge and do something that's going to traumatize you because I've had plenty of that experience. And don't stay safe all the time and be in the stagnant zone. You want to find that healthy, courageous place where you can say, all right, I feel proud of what I did today. I can't control the outcome of what I do, but I can move the ball further down the field. I really like the idea that you use like the videos to kind of like normalize or at least de- desensitize yourself to it. And it's, it goes in with the risk assessment too. Like you're seeing, instead of not thinking about it, like a lot of people would just be like, no, don't think about that. Cause that's where your brain's going to go. And then it's going to happen to you. You went the opposite way of like, no, let's have a look at it. Let's get it out on the table. I feel that a lot of, I imagine a lot of what you're coaching and your approach to life is addressing things I, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here with you like addressing the elephants addressing the mice naming things getting it out there illuminating spots that you know are let's face it are, are dark corners of some people's brains you're getting in there like no let's get this out on the table so which i which i really wow. respect you're right and it does seem like um like the two might be in conflict i i'm con I'm, I'm probably ideally positioned to help people with their risk assessment mm. because a, a, a lot of the times they're just not realizing the risk. I worked with a client today who's traveling around the world and he's got this remote business and he's not, he's partying too hard for him. 
he's out of balance. Right. And so he's in, he's in conflict. And I said, look, you might need to grow up a bit here. Mm. You might need to mature a bit because you have an incredible opportunity and privilege. And if you don't find some balance where you're going to have discipline and you're going to work and then you're going to party, but you're going to be in bed by 11 so that you're, you're ready to, to work the next day. If you don't do that, you're going to lose this privilege. Mm. So sometimes people need some tough love. I had another client who, um, She's like, I will sell the property. It's got to happen. There is no other alternative. And I said, okay, let's talk about a backup plan. She said, no, no backup plan. It's got to happen. I said, all right. I noticed part of me wants you to have a backup just in case it, you know. So I'm constantly like, yeah, let's look at the risks. Let's look what could happen. If you go and do this, what could happen legally? What could happen? You know, let's make sure we've got our eyes open. And then let's step into our courage for what seems like an edge. Mm. So, yeah, it's finding, that, it's finding that sweet spot so you don't traumatize yourself, but don't stay stagnant. I love talking about uh, not slowing down. I love talking about speeding up. So in your business, and here's a great exercise, right at the top of a piece of paper, if I was fearless, what would I do? Uh, and you can have one piece for your business one page, maybe you would uh, reach out to 20 potential affiliates Mm, and ask them if they're interested in a partnership. Maybe you'd reach out to your 10 favorite celebrities and see if someone might be open to endorsing your product or service. Maybe there's a stage you'd like to speak on, even if it terrifies you. Maybe there's some podcasts you'd love to be on. Start generating possibility like that. You don't have to go and do all of these things. But when you, I find when, when you can identify the edge and then go and do those things, you feel good. It's its own reward. As a bonus, you might get a bunch of business success on top of it. But the real bonus is that you did something that was edgy. Ooh, I love that. I, I just, I just reached out to, um, a whole bunch of thought leaders and influencers. And it was edgy for me to do it. It's about the book, Mouse in the Room. I want to have a call with them and brainstorm and see what ideas they've got, see who they think I should talk to, see if they have referrals to an agent. Mm. I don't know what's going to come out of those calls. And it's edgy for me to invite them because some of them I put on a pedestal and then they might be like, I don't have time. I'm not interested in having that call. So I got to deal with whatever personal backlash I might have. But when I did finally reach out to 13 people in one day, I could pat myself in the back and say, I did my job. Yes. Some of them I'll never hear from. Some people say, yes, I'll have to follow them up a little bit. Some people have already used my booking link. One person who I thought I would not hear from because I haven't had a response in two years wrote back, and this is probably the most famous person I know, wrote back and said, I'm in a training right now and I will respond soon. Wasn't a no. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. You know, and and uh so that's partly why I keep on encouraging people. Let's find that edge and write it so you can feel good about yourself. The universe, who knows what the universe is gonna do in yeah. response? Yeah, that's not your job. Yeah, your job, yeah, your job is your actions mm. and then watch. 
and see what happens. And, you know, I, I think the part of a job, I think the job of an entrepreneur really is to try a thousand things and five of them might work. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the trying. It's the trying. See, when, even when you have me write that down and I don't know if you wanted me to, but I did, you know, as far as just, even just the, you know, the 20 affiliates, the 10 celebrities, as I'm writing it down and we're talking about, you know, being in tune with our bodies, I can feel the hair on my arm stand up. I can feel my, you know, my nostrils kind of flare a little bit. So that to me, that's when I'm getting into that expansive energy and that got me going. So I'm excited about hearing about that. Right. And it sounds like you're a you've you've got some some awareness in your body. You yeah. notice your nostril hairs. You notice yeah. the feeling of electricity, which is great. You can like at least yes. include your body in what's happening. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny that we you know we've been talking about this because this is a pretty recent development for me. Like I just turned forty, and I would say just from the journaling that I've been doing the last couple of years, I want to say even two months ago is when I I finally dropped into my body or however you might want to say it. And I identified that. I'm like, when I get excited, boom. Like, I like how you worded it, electricity. It's like, yeah, the, the, the hair on my, my arm stands up. It feels like my pupils dilate a little bit. My nostrils kind of start flaring. And that's like, boom. That means that's my, my, my physical compass that I'm in the right, I'm going in the right direction. So super cool. I, I love what you're, how, how the way you describe the edge as well. The edge is, it's a sweet spot. You don't want to get to the point where you're like, anxious or fearful the point you're never going to try it again but there's that sweet spot that you're walking up to it right and then that's where yeah. that's where life is so super yeah cool, i love it i you know when you start and you start down that road so sometimes it's just about getting the ball rolling you start down that road and then something happens and it gives you some energy or someone says i had a podcast interview yesterday well not yesterday recently and just at the end of the interview the host started saying, you know, I know someone who'd love to write the kids book for, I think for this, he'd be amazing. Can I put you in touch? And, oh, so-and-so he's got a community of parents. Parents would be all over this mouse naming with their kids and having their kids mouse name. He's like, you should, you should get in touch with him. And by the way, you've been on his show because I listened to your interview. I'm like, oh, great. I didn't even know that. And she's like, do you want me to think about who else might be interested in this? I'm like, are you? Yes. And then she said, I'll send an email for you when the launch comes. I hadn't even asked. And she said, in fact, I'll send two. I'll send one the week before to say, hey, it's going to be launched on Monday. And I'll send you a reminder on Monday to go and get your get your copy of the book and support, support David in the book launch and the wow. bestseller campaign. And I was like, oh, my God, can you imagine the energy and the inspiration and the confidence that that gave? And that gives me more confidence now to want to talk to more people. And the whole thing snowballs. Yeah. But you need something to bump you out of your orbit, bump Mm. you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. to get you doing that. Because it's not natural for most of us to go, what would be edgy for me today? Yeah. What would be out of my comfort zone? And I want to keep bringing us back to that that's brilliant i just love this so so good so good well we spent a lot of time on mindset here which is fantastic that's what the, my podcast say I, I i just i we could spend the whole episode on this but let's let's move on to this uh this next bucket so we're talking money there's a i'm actually in a uh, business mentoring group right now and we're just getting into like this the whole sales uh side of things the module so i'd love to to uh, see how some of this the mindset you say everything 
is sort of like ties in together. There's a lot of dots that connect. We talk about authenticity, the way that we present ourselves when it does come time for sales. Uh, let's get into money. Yeah, great. So the, the three areas within this bucket, which is money, is do you have enough traffic? Do you have not like, where's your traffic coming from? Have you picked, um, there's a book called Traction that I really liked and it had a very simple methodology, which was pick four methods out of all the possible marketing methods. Pick four and test those. Mm. Test them for a month and then pick the one with the most promise and go deep for a year. Mm, okay. And now I'm com- now I'm combining that with uh, with with somebody someone else, but, which is what I do. I take like everything from 53 years of life and and then bring whatever whatever's going to work. So do you, do you have enough traffic? You want to like a constant flow of, of traffic and and leads. My method is is being a guest expert on podcasts, and so people can hear about me, and then if they're interested in the book or in my samurai program, they can they can go and check it out. So that's traffic. And the second one is sales. So what's your conversion like? Now, if you've got no traffic, this isn't really going to help you, but we start on traffic and then we check that your conversions on the website, are people opting in? And then what's your, what's your uh, sales sequence like? Is that automated? And then the third area of the, in this bucket of money is how are your upsells? Do you have an upsell sequence? Do you have a referral program? Once people have bought one thing, do they? Uh, is there a sequence that then offers them the next thing? Because sometimes it's too easy to just keep on working on traffic and trying to get that sale, and we don't love up our customers. So that that third part of that is about loving up our customers. Now, the way Mouse in the Room ties in so well with sales is people won't buy from you if they don't trust you. So can you name what's real? Can you name what's happening? Alex Mandosian is a wonderful marketer and he coached me 20 years ago on selling from the stage. And what I learned from him is instead of trying to sell to people covertly, I could just be honest about it. And so I would get up on stage and this was in front of 1,200 people and I'd never spoken to more than 300. And I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to influence, motivate and persuade you to continue your training with me. And I figure the best way to do that is to give you as much value as I can in 60 minutes and show you what's possible. And then I'll make you an offer and you can decide if that's something you want to do. How does that sound to you guys? And they went, yeah. Wow. That's great. I'm like, okay, now I had consent basically to pitch them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to hide it. And I could keep dropping in mentions of my my program. Uh, In fact, I could do that now. I could name that mouse. I would love to find the right people listening to this podcast who want what I have to offer, which is coaching. I can help you with your business and your life. And one way is through the group program, seminar program. Another way is, is with the book. And so I want to give you value on this podcast and show you some of my methodology. And if it resonates for you, you can come check it out, right? That's transparency. So naming the mouse, you can also do it in your emails and on your website and your communication. You can be upfront. 
I want you to get this product. I want you to use my service if you meet this criteria and if it's going to serve you. And so here's what I've got to offer. People can trust that mm. versus like snake oil. I'm just going to try and manipulate you. Yeah. Like, like sometimes say I do a, a session with somebody who's interested in coaching and they're like, they're, they're, they're thinking, they're leaning into doing it and they want to think about it for a couple of weeks. I could try and like manipulate them into the sale or I could say whatever's true for me and say, well, you know, I find people who want to go and think about it usually don't take action and that's probably the last we'll talk. And that's okay if that's going to serve you. But if there's something in you that says, you know, if I take action today, my life and business could change, then I want to give you an incentive to take action. And you can count on me to show up like that in our coaching sessions too. I'll be like, what are you going to actually do instead of talking about it? So, you know, if you want to start coaching now, I'll offer you this. And if you want to start coaching in three days, it'll cost you more. And I'll do that as an incentive for you to take action, right? That's an example. I'm not saying you should do that. Sure. But being transparent about it so that people can go, oh, this is real. Mm. And I can, I, can, I can trust this. That's super cool. That's so refreshing too, because I mean, there's so many, so much different, um, you know, different ways as, uh, uh, that's presented online as far as how you can go about sales and kind of do the back, you know, go, go in the back way. And it, yeah, it's at the risk of coming across sleazy or like, it's all to me and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I imagine it's a lot of your level of comfortability as far as, you know, if, if and what I mean by that is like, I guess the confidence, right? How, how confident you are uh, and what your intent is with it. If your intent is to truly serve somebody, that's number one. And the byproduct is is the money, the reimbursement for your services. That's a whole different thing. If you're targeting money, that's when you can tend to, you know, have a bit more of like a sleazy behavior potentially, right? Where you're, if you're just focusing on money and getting over on people, that's when you start doing some of these backdoor shenanigans or different things like that. So I'm just cluing in just from what you're saying is I love the transparency, the authenticity, trust is such a huge thing, right? So, but I love it, man. I love, it's so refreshing to see that you're using like such a, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. There's no like bones about it. And there's gonna be some incentive if you do it right away. I just love the straightforward nature of it. So thanks for sharing that. That's super cool, very refreshing. Yeah. And we can bring that into our relationships as yes, well. We can yeah. bring in, oh, I notice I'm wanting to um, enroll you in doing something. You know, can I make my pitch? I, you yeah. know, yeah. I'd, I'd like you to, I'd like you to come over and help me move. And I, I think I, I, I got a way it might be fun for us. So you open to hearing it, That's and you just be transparent about your agenda. And we've gotten so good at hiding our agendas and then just trying to get people to do stuff. And that's, that's okay. That's a way to do things. But when you can realize it, Oh, this is what's like last night, I, I realized I was a bit tired during a poker game and I was hosting and um, I didn't say anything. So I had a mouse. I didn't name it. Mm. And uh, I, at one point I just wanted to walk outside and be out in nature. And I overrode that as well. Mm. And then someone said, someone said, Oh, I'm starting to flag a little. Uh, I, I might leave soon. I said, 
Yeah, I'm feeling like it might be nice to to wrap up early. Uh, what do you say we do another 20 minutes and then we wrap it up? And everyone's like, yeah, that was good. So someone helped me with that mouse. Yes. What what we can aspire to is get speak up more. Mm. Oh, this is what's going on. Oh, this is my desire. Oh, I need a 10-minute break from this meeting to stretch my body. Oh, whatever. And it's a lifetime journey. You may be used to a lifetime of suppressing a lot of these things, which is why we're writing the book. So you can start having a practice of, oh, that's what's going on in me. Or I really want this. Or that's been bugging me for three weeks. Is there something else we can do? We outline a process so that you can name it artfully and not in a way that's going to blow up things. Because a lot of people go, but if I said that, my boss is going to get angry or I might get fired or might whatever. No, we'll show you a way to do it that at least increases your chances that there's going to be more connection out of it, not less. It's brilliant. We have a, a couple minutes. We're winding down here. Thanks so much for your time today, David. Uh, one question that just came out of just what you've just, what we're just finishing up talking about here. What do you think the key, the, the main reason for suppression is, is it fear? Is it fear of like what you said, fear of what the boss will say, fear of what your significant other may say? Is it manners, this perceived manners that like, it's, it's better to be like, you know, don't speak about your own feelings. Like when, how does this kind of come up? Where, what is the, the number one reason for like suppression of, of what's actually inside these mice that we haven't named? Yeah. I'd say number one is we're not aware of them. Oh, interesting. There's so many we don't even realize like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with that. Oh, oh, I really do have a desire for that. Like mm. a lot of it hasn't come to the surface. Interesting. The second second reason is fear of discomfort. Fear of discomfort. If, if I name this, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. They might feel uncomfortable. And then I'm going to feel uncomfortable that they're feeling uncomfortable. They might get angry. Yeah, right. They might get sad. They might be offended. They might make it mean something about them. And we're like, oh, I just don't want to go there. Now, that's reasonable when you don't have a roadmap. But when you got the book as a roadmap, that takes away that reason uh, because you can say it artfully. Uh, the third reason that we've identified is fear of loss. Fear of loss. Maybe, maybe you'll get fired. Maybe you'll lose a friend. Maybe, maybe you'll lose an income opportunity. Sometimes it can cost you to tell your truth. Mm, but what, we, what, what I suggest is that whatever you're going to lose from telling the truth is probably something you're supposed to lose. Wow. And whatever you're supposed to gain from telling the truth can now come to you. Wow. That's profound. I love it. I love it. The last uh, part of the, uh, the, the last component was leverage. So we got a couple minutes. So I'll get you to just do, a, I guess, a crash course on leverage. And then just where can we find you online there? David, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Well, this, sh this short thing on leverage is um, often business owners find that they don't really have a business. They've got 20 jobs. Mm. And so once you've, once you've got mindset and productivity handled and then you've got the money handled, it's start time to ask yourself, how much time do I want to work? How much time off do I want? And then how do I get there? And there's a three-step process we do in this bucket. What's your genius zone? What do you love to do that you're great at? That's what you want to keep. And then how do I get everything else off my plate? That's the game. 
And that's going to involve hiring. It's going to involve motivating. It's going to involve mouse naming with people. Hey, this is what I want from you and with you. What do you think about that? What do you, what are your mice? How do you feel about what do you want out of this job? And then what's going to have you pumped each day? Uh, so that's the, the leverage bucket. And then about where people can go for more. Well, if you're interested in coaching, you can either reach out about private coaching, uh, just go to focus.ceo. That's my website. You can go right to the bottom and apply for a coaching session. I'll get on the phone with you and we'll see if, if coaching is a fit for you. If you're interested in the group coaching program, the Samurai program, um, which is a, a more cost-effective option, then I'm going to give a, a, an unusual offer. I was charging $2,000 for the program, which I think is great value, but we're trying something new, which is charging $0 and taking an accountability bond. So you pay $990 as a bond that says, I will complete the program and we'll give you an extra two weeks. We'll give you 10 weeks to do it. And the videos are very short. It's like really like four minutes, five minutes. And so email me within 10 weeks and say, I did it. I did each video. I did the actions. I rocked out the program. I'd like my bond back, you know, or you can let me keep it if you want as a tip. That's fine. <laughs> yep. But you can have it back. Yeah. I'm ha- totally happy to serve you in that way. So if you're interested in that, I created a link that's very easy to, to remember. Uh, doublerevenue.net. Doublerevenue.net will take you instead of going to my site and paying $2,000 for the program, that'll take you to the page where you can pay 990 and then get all that back when you complete it. And, and if even 990 is a stretch for you cash flow wise, here's a coupon code that'll reduce it to 490. Ooh. And the coupon, coupon code is commitment. Lowercase, just put in commitment. And uh, look, if you can afford it, pay 990. Why would you want half the accountability? Don't do it. Get full accountability. But if you're like, oh, even that's a stretch, word commitment. Um, And then the third thing, if you like the idea of Mouse in the Room and you want to get the book, that's pretty easy to find. Go to mouseintheroom.com. And uh, and if you happen to be hearing this around June 13, I'd love your support in getting this out to the world. And the way you can do that is just buy the book on Amazon. Uh, We'll probably have a 99-cent special for the Kindle version. Wow. So you can get it dirt cheap. Leave a five-star review if you think it deserves it. And then post on social media that you just went and got this book. Um, I want to start a mouse naming revolution. I believe it's not going to just help your life and the people around you. It's going to actually change the world. And so that's what we're up to. Dude, that's amazing. Thank you so much, David. I'll make sure I have all those uh, in the show notes, of course. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I'll make sure, yeah, I'll, I'll put this out right in around June 13th then as well, just for the folks and everybody. Awesome. In the meantime, I'm definitely going to put this in my uh, private group as well, just because there's going to be a lot of value for a lot of the uh, folks that I'm working with as well in this uh, mentoring group. So thank you so much for your time. Brilliant conversation. I'd love to do a follow-up at some point when you do have the book release. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Matt. I've, I've had a really good time. So I appreciate you. you.